For BYU-Idaho Radio, I'm Celeste Simmons. I'm here today with Randall Kempton, a music faculty member. Thank you so much for meeting with me today, Brother Kempton. My pleasure. So let's just start off with your journey that led you here to BYU-Idaho. What brought you here? Oh, my goodness. Well, uh, sure. That's that's a story, I guess, in and of itself. So, uh, you know, I, I was musically involved as a child, uh, piano lessons, musical theater, did a little bit of choir, but not very much. And I, uh, I went to BYU and decided to be a theater major and then decided that wasn't good enough for, you know, raising a family or something, uh, which isn't true, by the way. Uh, but uh, then I decided to be a doctor and got prepared for medical school and did a university studies major, uh, as I talked about in the in the forum a little bit. And then went to start applying for medical school and decided, no, this just doesn't feel right. So uh, I decided to take a year off and do a year of just doing music and to see if I could make a living at it for just a year. And I already had a, a family at that point. And we got through the year just fine. And so I said, okay, I guess I can do this a little bit. Uh, I had met Mac Wilberg, uh, been sung in his choir, and I thought that's something that I really would love to do. Uh, make music, uh, build faith, build people through choral music. And I said, well, let's, let's go see if I can apply for the master's program at BYU. I had no undergraduate music degree, uh, and I was applying here for the master's in choral conducting, which is very strange, sort of uh, unusual. But for some reason, they let me in. And uh, so I completed a master's degree at BYU and a doctorate degree at Arizona State. And while I was working on those degrees, I met Dr. Kevin Brower, who was directing choirs up here. Uh, we were both at a conference together. He was representing Rick's College. I was representing the piano store I was working at while I was paying my way through school. And he invited me to come up to uh, Rick's College to conduct the choirs for a day. And so I did. I came up and just met the choirs. Uh, I guess he was, you know, looking for uh, maybe future colleagues or something, or maybe just doing me a favor. I'm not sure. But uh, anyway, that uh, that led to me uh, applying to Rick's College uh, to work here uh, in 99. And the first year I didn't get the job, but the second year that I applied, I was hired uh, to teach here in 2000. So... That's, that's, the, that's the sort of the condensed version. Yeah. And you mentioned that you were studying to go to medical school and that you want to be a doctor. And then switching over to something like music is obviously such a huge and pretty drastic change. Right. Um, how did you... Yeah, this is a bait and switch for my wife. I mean, yeah. I, I, I got married. <laughs> uh, I think she, she thought she was getting a doctor and... Uh, and then I, I pulled the bait and switch on her and, yeah. and decided to become a choral director. So... <laughs> What led you through those times? What helped you to know that being a doctor wasn't for you and that music was something that you should pursue? Well, I realized during my undergraduate degree that uh, I really enjoyed the major that I designed for myself. So university studies major. Uh, so for all of you out there who are, you know, university studies major, or interdisciplinary studies or something like that, you know, uh, it's, it, it's a good degree. It really is. Uh, but I realized as I was taking these science classes and also uh, classes in literature and classes in uh, had a philosophy cluster and uh, Italian language, and uh, I realized that I wasn't spending my time in 
science labs, hanging out with science professors, doing experiments and things. Um, and uh, I, I, my, my heart was really in the music that I was doing with uh, choir and with the uh, music theater program that I was playing the piano for and things like this. But I realized that I needed to know uh, for myself if I could do it professionally. So that's why I took the year off and just just experimented. I, I, I played the piano. I directed a choir at a local college, uh, Utah Valley University. Uh, I taught some lessons and basically just to see if I had what it took. But yeah, there was some, I mean, there's a lot of prayer. There's a lot of faith along the way, just sort of a leap of faith, I guess. And, uh, uh, but I, I needed to see through that year of experimentation if I could, if people liked what I did well enough to, to uh, make a career out of it. Yeah. And what piece of advice would you give to a student who is in school right now and is studying something that maybe they're not super passionate about and want to pursue something else? What would you tell them um, to push them forward in the right direction? Well, if you're not super passionate about it, you're probably not learning it very well. I mean, you're probably just half-hearted and it's it's not sticking. So uh, find something that you really uh, that you, that you really love that you'll that you'll spend the time to learn well, and uh, and then uh, I mean, hopefully it's something that you know you can make money at, and that's what you need to find out: is can will people pay me to do this? If you're looking for for it as a career, now if you you know if you're not really if it doesn't matter that you're going to have a career in this, and maybe you're going to graduate school in something else, or you're you know going to get a job that's not necessarily related to your major, that's actually okay too. I mean, it's not wrong to be a history major, to be a an art major, uh, uh, you know, uh, an English major, anything that you love that that to do, um, and be some other, you know, do something else. Um, that's not wrong, but. Uh, but just know that you know know what you're getting into. You know for sure pursue pursue your passion and chase the the talents that the Lord has given you. And part of that talent is just the drive to spend hours doing something, uh, studying something, working on a skill, gaining knowledge. I have come to believe in my own life that if I am committed to being a disciple. I want to build the kingdom with whatever talents the Lord has given me, that the Lord will use whatever I learn. Nothing that you learn will be wasted. Yes, you might have studied business and you've gone a different direction. Yes, you might have studied, you know, one of the arts or humanities and you've gone a different direction in your life. At some point in your life, the Lord, if you are still trying to be a disciple, he will take what you have learned and he will use it for his purposes. You just have to be willing to give him everything and say, yes, here I am. This is what I am. I've studied. In my own case, I had uh, five years of French language. I had Italian mission. I had music. I had science. And all of that somehow the Lord packaged up and put me in this place, BYU-Idaho, where I'm using everything that I learned every single day. Uh, And I, I believe, my personal faith is that, I, that's because I wanted to build his kingdom. I didn't want to build myself or anything like that. I just wanted to do whatever he wanted me to do. He took all of that and packaged it up and put me in uh, at a position where I'm using it every single day, all of those things. So, 
That's awesome. I love that. Thank you. That's great advice. And obviously, with your music, you're able to use it here at BYU-Idaho, and you've been able to do work throughout the course of your career that helps build the kingdom, like you were saying. How has music influenced your testimony throughout your whole entire life? I think my first indication that music was something that could be a powerful uh, instrument, I guess, in the Lord's hand, is that uh, I, I had that experience in the concert choir at BYU with Mac Wilberg, and I was singing great music. Not all of it was spiritual, uh, but a, a lot of it was. And then uh, with Ron, Ronald Staley in the BYU Singers, uh, we were doing concerts and singing music and creating albums and, and TV shows that... Uh, where we could feel, we could all feel this powerful sense of community, sense of belonging, and uh, singing uh, music that worshipped, singing music that invited the Spirit, that taught the gospel. And that experience, plus my, uh, my own uh, experience and uh, talents in music, told me, why can't I put those two things together? I can teach the gospel through music. And those experiences uh, at BYU and then uh, in 25 years here uh, have taught me that uh, music is such a powerful way to bring people together, to give us a sense of belonging, and give us a sense that we are belong to God. And those, uh, that, that's been really my driving force for the last 25 years. That's, that's what I want to give people is that sense of who they are. They're a child of God, uh, and he loves them. He loves you. And through music, we're teaching that to as many people as we can. And in your forum talk, you are talking about your work in Ghana that you've been doing over the past several years. Can you kind of touch on that and what your forum talk is focused on and also a little about your work in Ghana? Sure. So uh, the theme is uh, from university studies major to singing for African royalty. How did I get from point A to point B? Z, right? And uh, in uh, 2013, uh, I took a choir, a BYU-Idaho choir, the Collegiate Singers, to Ghana. We did a two-week tour there at the invitation of the Africa West Area Presidency. And while there, I met people. I met a choir uh, in Kumasi in, in Ghana that uh, the director came over to BYU-Idaho and sat in some, on some classes. Uh, I gave him some music and some uh, texts to help him with his work with his choir in Ghana, and then they in turn re- invited me back to be a clinician and a, a guest conductor of their choirs. And uh, while I was doing that, I taught some workshops there. I taught uh, conducted choir concerts, and uh, including uh, concerts for uh, His Royal Majesty uh, the Asantehene uh, King Otumfo Setutu II uh, of the Ashanti Kingdom there in Ghana. Uh, That was a great experience and uh, really an amazing cultural experience to see the the collision of Western music with Ghanaian rhythms and language and their own music and to see that play out in a, uh, you know, in a a concert and in a, uh, you know, in a worship service to see, you know, first you've got these choir boys in robes with singing Anglican music with organ accompaniment and everything you might see in a British cathedral. And then the praise band comes out and there's a conga line of people dancing up in their traditional African robes to put donations into the, you know, uh, at the altar. 
And it was just an amazing experience to see that kind of collision uh, of combination of Western and Ghanaian music. Um, so I, I, I've been able to watch over the last 10 years as choirs, uh, these community evangelical choirs have literally sprung up out of nowhere. There's uh, about 2,000 of them now uh, by one estimate uh, in, in the country, just independent community youth, young adult choirs that are singing uh, together. So you know, to work with some of them, watch them uh, grow and get better. Uh, has been a pretty exciting thing. It's going to be exciting to watch what they do in the next, you know, 10 years. That sounds like you've had a lot of really life-changing experiences through doing that. What is one, I'm sure you've had so many, what is one experience that you've had during your time in Ghana that you've been able to come back to the United States and see things in a different light? The experience of going to Ghana and singing in villages where people have nothing, they're living in mud or cinder block shacks with no windows, no facilities, um, nothing. And, but yet to see how happy they are. Uh, they have so little and yet they find happiness in their relationships, in their faith, in just life. Um, we came back, the choir and I came back and we said, how can we not be grateful every day for everything that we have? We have so much, and yet so many of us seem so unhappy. Why? Why are they happy with less, and why are we unhappy with so much? And that made me think very differently about my own life, about my own work, uh, the things that I do. And it, it makes you want to wake up every day and say, I have been given so much I, I should give. I should give back whatever I have. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. It is such a powerful message that we often forget about here um, we in the do. United We're States. Spoiled. We're just so, yeah, spoiled Entitled, for sure. spoiled. Yeah. We feel like we have to have everything perfect, and it doesn't have to be perfect. You can be happy when your life is not perfect. It's not about the circumstances you live in. It's about what's in your heart and, and your orientation, your perspective on life. That's that's where happiness comes from. It's not from, you know, the circumstances of our life. Yeah, I love that. Well, thank you so much, Brother Kempton, for coming in and for uh, talking with me about your forum discussion and um, and your journey here to BYU Idaho. And thank you for your example. And we're excited to hear your talk today. Well, thank you very much for having me.